That's a disclaimer. The views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Almost Domatic Podcast. We discuss geopolitics, national security, and a bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me today is... Men, these are my opinions alone, Schechter. <laughs> Robert Thomas. And we're recording on July 8th, 2022. So yeah, uh, welcome, Ben. <laughs> it's uh, it's a dubious pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it always? I mean, as, as per usual for this podcast, everyone we get on is used to be Young Professionals of Foreign Policy, YPFP, terrible acronym. Um, staff. Uh, ben used to be on staff of us back way when he finally returned to DC after his self-imposed exile. I I will say that I'm excited <laughs> to be talking about the one thing with a worse acronym. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's nice to be back from the nation's smallest state, um, and uh, to be doing a exciting podcast well, and drinking beer. And drinking beer, obviously. That's why, that's why I well, really, the beer I, is why is it, 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 that's why it's an exciting podcast. So yeah, that's how I rope everyone in with alcohol. Um, just like just my general, general just for general friendships is how I do it. I have to because it's, it's just like it's just really sad and kind of that's what my life is. We're cut that. <laughs> now, we're, now we're just going down <laughs> a rabbit hole there. So, so actually, we were supposed to talk about major non-NATO allies. We're actually going to talk about um, Ryan's therapy, um, <laughs> but uh, last minute change of topic, guys. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Surprise topic, da da da. The actual overlap between uh, your <laughs> mental well-being and geopolitics is shockingly high. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but now we're going to talk about major non-NATO allies, uh, what they are, what, you know, what they mean, why we have them, and all that kind of stuff, um, and some examples of them. But before we get to that, uh, we're jumping to our beers today, which is Zingu. I think that's how I say it. It's a black lager from Brazil. It's Smooth as silk, according to the bottle. That is so ominous. <laughs> I, it says smooth as silk just about an inch above a picture of what is either a crocodile or an alligator. I will not pretend to be able to determine the difference with that resolution Do, of a picture. Which, which one do they have in Brazil? Is it, which one's a freshwater? Because I think it's like this where they have... Yeah, well, I don't know if they have, have both, come to think of it. Um, all of this is set to an ominous and foreboding dark green background. I uh, I really don't think you understand how much this feels like that nightclub that you really wanted to avoid. But here we are, visiting that nightclub. It's always an adventure with Ryan, almost diplomatic. It's, it's more like a stout than a lager. Got strong malty energy. Yeah, yeah. not bad. Not my favorite, but not bad. Yeah, it's like a high molassesy, like I guess that's what a black lager is. Hmm. So out of five, we're gonna rate it. Because I, I, we're gonna start doing that again. I have to open up the app and. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> out of five, I'd give it a three. Ben. Yeah, I think a solid three. Right. I'm not mad at it. At two point five. But I wouldn't brag about it to my friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad we have more of these. I guarantee you'll like it more after a few more sips. I've already had two beers. This isn't anything. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Some self-disclosure there, eh? 
Yeah. And it's how I gotta get myself up in the morning, you know, whatever. You know, it just it's <laughs> Up in the morning at five PM. <laughs> it's my morning, shut up. <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. So major non NATO allies um are essentially it's a status um my laptop is just trying to blow up. Um, it's essentially a status that gives... Kind it heard of, us talking about TikTok earlier. Yeah, I pulled it from... <laughs> from, from State Department's website, MNNA status is a designation under U.S. law that provides foreign partners with certain benefits in the areas of defense, trade, and security cooperation. So basically, it's just like, hey, you want to be our friend? We'll make it, make it worth your while. <laughs> it's... Well, I mean, that's how much of international relations works. So. <laughs> yeah. We're going to share with you the great bounty of American weaponry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it wasn't, um, but yeah, it's, it's just essentially just a... Um, so, special yeah, status. It, yeah, special status. You get weapons and such. Uh, I mean, and training is a big is a big thing. Also, like, trade deals and stuff like that. So, it's just kind of like... It's 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 a very much a thing of, like, we, 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 we... I think we saw how much the NATO alliance really kind of benefited us and like we should do that except other places <laughs> well and i mean it's got two interesting layers to it because the substance of it is mostly a kind of long list of technical details of defense cooperation and financing in, in different ways whereas it also has sort of a symbolic status designating a country a major non-nato ally is language that sort of amps up the importance of the relationship so it there's political symbolism there that's in some ways distinct from the actual substance of the thing in terms of what it means for cooperation yeah i think it's it's one of those things where it's 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 a it's a sad it's also a sad thing it's like we have we have a national airline or we have an aircraft carrier or something like that you know it's a national pride kind of thing oh hey we're we matter more than our neighbors We'll get to some of those countries a little bit where that's becoming an issue, or it's going to become an issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think. I mean, the I think the two layers that you just mentioned, I think, belie sort of how we've used it as well. There's definitely been times where we've sort of given country status for very practical military reasons, mm -hmm. right? That they are important for a series some series of military operations. Uh, which we'll get into, and we've given it to countries that have supported us or have done things that we're sort of like, hey, buddy, you're part of the cool kids gang now, but not NATO, obviously, but the other cool kids gang. Um, and and so I think it's an interesting collection of countries that fall in this category that uh, sort of play different types of, of roles, both depending on where they are, when they join, or got the status. Right. I mean, the group of countries that have this status is pretty diverse, and I mean, across those two dimensions that you just mentioned and, and others, there are very, very different reasons why each of those countries got that status, mm -hmm. uh, why we embarked on that kind of a relationship. And they certainly have changed a lot uh, over time as well, right? I think the, as they've joined over you know, the last two decades, the requirements and the important things. Have yeah, I've I, I really categorized into like really three categories. Like in South America, we want influence in South America. In Asia, we want you know counter China, and then all, then in the Middle East, it's like, well, we're fighting a war in Iraq, or we want Israel to stop fighting its neighbors. You know, it was kind of like the kind of like the really the, the main reasons I think they kind of take or or yeah, deal with Afghanistan because why not? 
I mean, you have a sort of local neighborhood connections aspect with one cluster. You have a long-term strategic consideration about avoiding amplified tensions and aggression uh, with respect to China as another cluster. And then you have ones that are really all about uh, either ongoing or recurring sort of international flare-ups of problems. Uh, very different dynamics in each case from a, from a practical perspective, um, as well as where the symbolic layer matters. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it, most countries, if you, if you have a chance to get it, most take it. I think Singapore didn't take it like years ago. Uh, it's probably just more, it made more sense for them in, in, considering the neighborhood they live in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for them, actually, being extended the offer, I think, was as important as anything else. And then I think everyone understood when they said no, as they're trying to be sort of the neighborhood Switzerland slash financial center. So the neighborhood Switzerland. Um, or the Heidi Nazi gold. <laughs> Next week we discuss who's got Nazi gold. Um, to be clear, I don't think they do. <laughs> yeah, no, Singapore is pretty legit. I mean, they have. Well, there's a whole thing, but never mind. We're not going to get into Singapore. Um, it's like I can go on a tangent about that, but uh, different podcast episodes. Different, different podcast episodes for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I mean, I think there's also like not confusion is like is there 18 or is there 19 countries of this status? <laughs> Cause like there's, cause it changed <laughs> this week. It changed first with uh, Afghanistan being the first country ever to lose its status because obviously that government no longer exists. Um, it, so you know, it, it, and they got it because we wanted to basically help build their military up and build their country up so they could make Afghanistan not a safe haven for terrorists. Uh, which is basically is again because of all these recent reasons. That's a different podcast in its own. We definitely will talk about it one day. I know I've brought it up like ten times, but yeah. And then and then there's uh, yeah. Taiwan, which is on the list, but not really on the list. It's <laughs> there. There is legal language specifying that Taiwan be treated as a major non-NATO ally in all substantive respects, uh, even if its diplomatic status uh, means that it's not officially granted the label ambiguity runs deep it's it's just like i grant you a seat on this council but i don't not grant you the seat of the rank of master that is an incredibly good example <laughs> yeah, look how that turned out there's always a star wars prequel meme <laughs> <laughs> always for everything everywhere every when uh, yeah and much like the uh the movies i'm sure that one's gonna turn out great too yeah <laughs> for once ryan's not the most pessimistic person at the table <laughs> i want to remind everyone listening tonight that uh the views expressed here are solely my own remind everyone of your middle name <laughs> the views expressed here are solely my own don't Check. don't worry i'll uh i'll cut all that out oh good <laughs> I'll, I'll cut out every time you mention like your uh your views and concerns. They cut out all the uh, the legal protections. Just, yeah, just... Incorporate all of the problems. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I'm drunk on power or zing, <laughs> or zingu. I don't know yet. Um, I'm just looking forward to another fun way to go to jail. <laughs> you say that as though you have a long list of experiences with different approaches. For well, that. actually, I mean, there are some good stories. But we're not going to share those for the people. <laughs> 
Albanians. <clears throat> so, we're talking about not that. <clears throat> um, anyway, yeah, I mean, so so we have 1819, independence of the ask, uh, Afghanistan got pulled. But, I mean, I think with Afghanistan being pulled, it kind of makes you think, well, what about Pakistan? Because basically Pakistan was added to the list because the war in Afghanistan. We needed... Uh, we needed a land route from the from the sea to Afghanistan because Afghanistan is a landlocked country. For those who've never seen a fucking map, um, <laughs> I suspect there there are podcast. people who have not. So, <laughs> but yeah, so it's landlocked. You got to get it to oversee overland route. Um, NATO used it for years um, to to you know, fight their war and build the mil- build the Afghan military and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of like, and there's, there's, um, you know, there's some, you know, problems with Pakistan, you know, mostly just like, they kind of really kept ties to the the Taliban the entire time we were fighting a war against them. I mean, it is truly the, the greatest romance of all time. The United States, Pakistan, and ISI. They're totally not rogue intelligence (laughs) service. Again, I want to remind anyone listening that these views are expressly my own. And also, I don't want to say anything mean about ISI because they are terrifying. Sorry, ISI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the I mean, I think the last couple of years, I mean, I think it was in 2017, a couple senators were just like, hey, we should pull their status because of that. And then also we had it in, I think 2021, another one. It made a, had a bill about it. It never went anywhere, but it still was a pill pop. That idea in people's minds popped back up like, oh, should we have Pakistan as an ally? Right. I mean, there, there have been a number of bills floated uh, at different points over the last few years, even though none has, has moved all the way forward. Uh, and it's certainly a topic that has come up in sort of broader foreign policy circles uh, in, in the U.S. as a subject of some debate. I mean, the the way that the situation with Afghanistan has evolved um, with the Taliban reconquering the country is is one layer in causing people to rethink that status, but so is the uh, evolving relationship between the U.S. and India um, in the context of the rather over-expansive strategic concept of the Indo-Pacific. Um, <laughs> and uh, in case anyone has been living under a rock with respect to international affairs for the entire last like 70 years uh turns out that india and pakistan don't exactly have the warmest fuzziest relationship um and there are some complications about (laughs) trying to have good relations with both of them that involve a strong defense and security aspect yeah we've uh, we've armed pakistan pretty well over the case of that, but we still want to be friends of India because we have the quad and all that kind of stuff. We won't get into what that is. Just Google it. Um, well, and worth noting that while India is not currently designated a major non-NATO ally, I forget the exact terminology behind this, but uh, it has been granted a particular status that's not too far behind that in terms of what's allowed for defense technology transfer and things like that. So that relationship has been growing closer over the last several years. Yeah. I mean, just sort of on the subject of, of Pakistan, and not just sort of our interests and 
keeping close ties with India, but also Pakistan's deepening relationship with the one and only China, who is sort of, you know, has a bit of a role to play in the international stage right now. Um, and never, never so, I, never, so never, I've been told. Never heard of them. I know. I know. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. Oh, are, uh, are they ones who made indie. TikTok? <laughs> TikTok is the vehicle that will capture the end of an empire. But um, I digress. Um, the other thing is, of course, that a bit of an oracle at Delphi level ambiguous statement there. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But the found footage for the end of civilization is going to be TikTok videos. Um, but the, uh, the point, though, is generally that selling arms and equipment to a country that is then also buying a lot of arms and equipment from Russia is always a bit of a touchy subject. You mean China? Uh, no, no, I'm talking about India, sorry. Oh, India. Oh, yeah, India. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it does, like, joint R&D ventures with, uh, with Moscow. They're also buying a lot of fuel from them, making sure they can still not fall apart economically despite all the sanctions we're giving them. Check out our Ukraine episodes for that. Um, but, well, uh, um, yeah, like, Pakistan, it's just, like... I don't know how I feel. It's a part of me wants to rescind their status because it's like fuck you. You're not. You're not. You're a terrible ally. But then it's also like we see. I can't see such a problem. It's like we need to be able to fly over their airspace. We can't fly over Iran's. We're not. Gonna, India won't allow it. No one would fly over China or, right. or or the other or the other stands where Russia would say no to that. We can't base our yeah. troops there. Well, that's one of the reasons why the entanglement of the practical layers of cooperation embedded in law and the symbolic layer the way that those are weaved together makes the whole thing even more complicated because if it were just a set of practical measures referred to in, you know, completely banal bureaucraties, then you could, you know, use carrots and sticks as far as we're going to take off this advantage or add this other advantage, you know, as incentives in a relationship one by one whereas the way that it's framed now like you are either being granted or losing this sort of catch-all prestigious package deal of what your relationship to the united states is which makes for a whole lot less flexibility in negotiating what that relationship looks like over time yeah yeah it i mean that is a good point that bestowing it's a big deal but withdrawing it would be a, perhaps a stick that is larger than the way we, we would intend, right? In terms of the spectrum of options, that is a fairly nuclear sort of action. It's okay, that's danger, a dangerous term to use <laughs> in that particular regional I, context. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I see it now. I see it now. Um, <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be a bigger fuck you than it needs to be. That's is, I think that's exactly right. And is, is, the difference between a a stern word and a slap in the face, right? And I think in some ways, perhaps Congress even considering it maybe was a, at least at least a bit of a message of, you know, they don't have a lot of support. I, I forget who, who did exactly, but I remember looking them up a little bit and they're like, they're a couple of fuck sticks. So like, I don't think, I think it, it just, I don't think it mattered. I mean, it's it, it, they're, they're politicians, so they're fucking scum. Um. Um, <laughs> Ryan letting his feelings be known here. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things. Like, I think we should keep it. Obviously, <laughs> it's just um, it's it, they're a terrible ally. But it's like we still need to just kind of like it's like a bad relationship. We just kind of stick it out. 
That's, a that's not a, analogy. That's not a good wow. description of horrible how one should approach bad relationships. No, no it's, it's not. But just, you know, sometimes this is life. It's a, it's a bad employer. You need to live somewhere. You need the money. Nope, still a bad example. Yeah, that that has other problematic layers to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, don't worry, they're not our worst ally. That's <laughs> <laughs> ringing endorsements. <laughs> I mean, and if we're being honest here, we've treated our own allies worse. Yeah, R A P Afghanistan for superpower. Um, but uh, so anyway, anyway, not a lot of good analogies here, but yes, yeah, complicated. Everything that, with Pakistan is complicated. That may take a record status as the longest completely unsuccessful run to come up with a single functional analogy that we've had in the history of the podcast <laughs> so our relationship with pakistan is like our relationship with analogies just now <laughs> just not great <laughs> just not just pretty terrible but i guess i uh, um, still try transitioning a little bit uh i'm just gonna pick another random country from this list i guess we should talk about brazil because we're drinking brazilian beer that's why i got it um, I mean, it's nothing to really talk about. It's just like, it kind of like, Bolsonaro was just kind of like, hey, Trump, I want to have status. And Trump's like, yes, daddy. And he basically did it. And that was, that's the end of the story. That's the fucking story. Now Brazil is a major non-NATO ally. Yay. MNNA is a, is a terrible fucking actor. It's like NATO, sexy. Great. North Atlantic Treaty Organization, great. It's like the best acronym, actually. Actually, no, it's not. The best acronym is, um... Man pads. <laughs> <laughs> what an extremely specific, very, I love that. very different direction there. That was, I was, I will admit, I was not expecting that. Man- I, I was wondering where it was going to go in general, yeah. but that yeah. was not on my list of plausible suspects. Yes. Man portable air defense system, brilliant. I, I will say, if you want to see some of the best acronyms the U.S. government has to offer, you should go to DARPA's website and look at literally any of their programs. <laughs> they are functionally incapable of naming things in a normal way. <laughs> yeah I say that with love and affection <laughs> yeah. the views of this are my own and <laughs> <laughs> something 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 it's just me okay <laughs> please don't yell at Ben anymore <laughs> my phone is already buzzing it's all angry texts um, but it is actually... turns out this is a live simulcast <laughs> yeah right but I think that actually raises an interesting point though just to sort of like we're talking about how difficult it is to take away and the political consequences of that but then also potentially how easy it is to grant that status. Um, it's a big slap in the face to take it, but I guess it's not. It can be pretty easy to. Well, we, well giving. I mean, we've given out two this year. Um, yeah. Cut, yeah. Cutter got in I think January, um, and that was mostly because, in my view, they were they kind of just helped out Afghanistan so much. They've been, they've been a, the middleman between us and the Taliban, and they've like. Dealt with the evacuation, they were very, you know, helpful. They're also, I mean, we've seen that kind of cause, I think, issue, or it's going to cause issue with the other countries in the region who have been passed up for MNNA status. MNNA status. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's just so good. I want to emphasize again, this is my opinion, those other countries should try to suck less. <laughs> so Saudi and UAE are uh, up there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... Do you, remember, do you remember who Khashoggi is? You better watch out, Ben. <clears throat> anyway, it's good that we have such good partners, even if they're not NATO allies. <laughs> oh, fucking fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's like Saudi and, and UAE got 
with all the shit they did in Yemen and things like that, uh, Saudi is just who they are as a person. Um, <laughs> I mean, in the sense that they are a monarchy. Crown, crown prince fuckface. Like, I don't think that's what his Wikipedia would call him, but sure. I'm going to go change it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's Ryan's first order of business after Hashtag, uh, we leave. change the wiki. <laughs> go out and do it. Um, please don't. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Cutter getting it, but then it's like Cutter just does stuff like they, they they basically, you know, I'm guessing bribed FIFA to have the World Cup this year there, and like thousands of who workers, among us has who, like, honestly, FIFA honestly. to host the World Cup at our home? <laughs> is is it is it is it really a coming of age story if you haven't bribed FIFA yet? <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit like Chicago politics. If you aren't corrupt, you aren't actually doing Chicago politics. Again, these are, <laughs> but like, but literally, like, thousands of people died voting the stadiums. Like, it was, it was fucking okay, terrible. Because they, 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 basically, the, the, the not slave but slave labor they fucking employed in that country is not great. I mean, UAE does the same thing, but not to the extent Saudi's awful too. But like, for all the reasons too. I don't know. So, US keeps great company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but I mean it, with. Cutter's already won out because they, they now they get more defense training and, and stuff like that. And also they, they're buying a bunch of Boeing aircraft, which gives us jobs. I mean, the reality is that we have, they have been helpful partners for a long time. And again, in that sort of sense of like the ways you sort of offer these things, it'll provide a valuable sort of service to them in terms of military training, buying equipment. It's also a nice way of, for us to say, Look, this is what happens when you do nice things and then also aren't being terrible, uh, as terrible. Um, see, if you do more of one and less of the other, you can get this as well. When you at least aren't, you know, having people come over to embassies and then murdering them and dismembering them. That is not a good look. Not, not at all. That's Nope. Or trying to send a team to do the same thing in Canada to a former intelligence person who's been very helpful to the U.S. over the years. I mean, why would you send anyone to Canada? <laughs> I will go on record as being pro-Canada. <laughs> I am a fan of our neighbor and have enjoyed my visits there quite a bit. <clears throat> yeah, so, so what, what lobbyist firm do you work for? Yeah, wow, that's pretty un-American. <laughs> yeah, why do you hate, why do you hate freedom? Who, whoever was responsible for the wonderfully... Uh, low prices of the scotch that I had uh, at one of the bars in Montreal. God, cheap scotch. Another symptom of socialism. <laughs> <laughs> and free healthcare. How dare they? How, how dare first, they? First it's that, then it's taco trucks on the corner. Good lord. <laughs> the, everything I hate. Cheap scotch, taco trucks, and affordable healthcare. As we know, I stand firmly against these things. I'm so sad right now. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, sad. <laughs> so clearly, I'm angling for a place in a future Trump government. Um, <laughs> can we cut that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then um, also a new country uh, ends the list was Colombia, which we've had a long relationship with, you know, decades really, like the, the, the with the drug war and all that kind of stuff, and then like. Supporting them fighting FARC and the ELN. Um, 
and now it was going really well. We gave him this. The, it was a, it was a far, it was not far but I got a, a right part, center right. I guess is the best way to put the the former uh, president. And he uh he was all about us getting things like oh thank you America we love you so much we're gonna keep keep the peace going we're gonna you know do it together. And he lost the election. Now it's Gustavo Petro who uh, is a leftist. He probably used to be a gorilla like. <laughs> God, it's a while gosh, are gonna plummet. But it's like, it's like, so was it a mistake to give the status if we think that they're gonna like kind of? Actually, let me premise this first. Oh, excuse me. Um, is that? You know, he's he wants to really shake up the defense. You know, not industry, but like the defense um, sector of the government. I could change a lot of things up and do a lot of things, and like basically that's where most of the U.S. relationship with Colombia is based in the military. Like there's economic stuff too, but it's, it's mostly the military and like national police and that kind of stuff. So it's like, was it a bad idea for us to give status? You know, is he is he would he potentially pull status from America? It's just a fuck you to us. You, you know, the question of what it would look like for a country to withdraw from that status as opposed to us pulling that status is sort of an interesting one because it's just not something for which there's precedent. Uh, it, 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 just, it would just be so humiliating for us, I think, if that happened. I mean, it'd basically be like, you know, like the, the, in the, the far right here in the U.S. would basically be like, look at weak Biden, weak old man Biden. Well, That's what they all sound like, by the way. Yeah, I think that is actually a direct quote. I think I saw that actually in an interview. Uh, I, I will push back just to the extent that I'm not sure how many political pundits even know that Colombia exists or where it is, so it might never even occur to them to get no, no, I, I, about you know, that. You know, you, you know they know they exist because it's we were fighting communists for a while. So you know, that was... That was far too many years ago for nope. any of these people pa- with pa- goldfish they, they, memories. They, they, they all know who Pablo Escobar is. Yeah. Everyone remembers Clear and Present Danger, starring Harrison Ford. Clear you you are what, way what, more optimistic about pundits as a group than what I am. What a great fucking movie. I it love, is a really I, great I movie. Clear so Danger. good. Good book, too. But, um, so, <laughs> I will say that... I mean, a lot of these pundits don't remember the ancient days of the George W. Bush presidency, so... Who's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... But I, so on the flip side, though, is we sort of discussed, like, the withdrawing of status as potentially being a bigger fuck you than it's sort of intended. I suspect sort of pushing that back is also potentially a bigger fuck you than they would intend towards the United States. So I think that although they may not align with the current government, may not align with U.S. policies or practices, I suspect they're also, like, probably also don't want to ally the, you know, alienate the... Uh, well, and also, like... It's not as though there are a whole bunch of obligations attached to the status that's, that's for true. them. It's it's yeah. basically us authorizing them to purchase things or get financing for things that they choose to purchase or ask for financing for. It's not like a mutual defense pact yeah. where there's right. an actual obligation on both sides uh, uh, to come to mm-hmm. each other's defense. There are actually, many... Actually, the, the Rio... Uh, yeah, the Rio... Rio Act, Rio. Hold on. Rio Treaty. Hold on. Rio, yeah, Rio Treaty. Yeah. 
Colombia and Brazil are both but on that that's, list. But that's separate from that's major separate. non-NATO ally that status. Is it is, are it is different mechanisms. So awesome. and that's, that's, now that could be its own episode, though. Yeah. yeah. That's, we were saying that no one's given up the sort of you know, major non-NATO ally status. People have left that defense treaty like yeah. in sort of the, uh, the wake of the... Yeah. Well, and, and other mechanisms that some of the countries that we're, we're looking at have been involved in. I mean, you look at the history of some of our multilateral treaty mechanisms in the Asia Pacific, yeah. number of number of our major non-NATO ally countries yeah. in that broader region are both part of current bilateral pacts, but have a history of being part of multilateral pacts that right. fizzled in different ways. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it's just like, hey, you know what? They'll still be a better ally than Pakistan. <laughs> Coming back to uh, <laughs> Ryan's greatest hits. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're really trying to set the bar low here as we, we move forward. I think we should talk about this one of the countries uh, that was one of the original five by Reagan, which was Australia, Egypt, Israel, Japan, and South Korea. So Japan had some big news today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are less than 24 hours now from the... Uh, news of the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, which is um, extremely jarring. Uh, that is not something that anyone uh, in Japan or here in the United States uh, would have expected as a news item. It's a it's a country with extremely low violence and violent crime, uh, and I mean Abe has been a giant on the world stage uh, for many many years even even since he stepped down as prime minister uh what two years ago he's still been an incredibly significant presence in japanese politics and japan's relationship relationships with the united states and a number of other countries um and i mean when you look at the defense architecture of the asia pacific and how the the u.s fits into that he was a major force in moving forward uh, so much of how that's evolved uh, in the last several years to address growing aggression from the PRC government. Um, it, this is... People's Republic of China. Yes. And it, for, those who, for those who are uh, not as focused on foreign policy acronyms as, as those of us who's Brains have been injected with five million acronyms a day for our entire careers. Yeah, so that's uh, that's been quite the jarring um, turn of events, and what the implications of that will be for uh, Japanese domestic politics and international relations um, remain to be figured out. Might be an episode, even though we did one um, on him two years ago when he did his res- when he resigned. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Episode sixty nine, and Abe retrust question mark. That's uh, that is a powerful name, but I I think that highlights though like it's a loss both for Japanese politics and for international affairs, um, and yeah, a loss he of loved a, us. <laughs> yeah, and a loss of a man who I think even if he didn't love, at least understood or respected the vision that the U.S. had for sort of the the global architecture of the time. Um, but uh, it's also a reminder of sort of how these types of wanton acts of violence can occur 
just about anywhere, and their consequences can be far-reaching in ways that are hard to predict or understand. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a sad day. Yeah. I mean, if you read U.S. domestic news, it's always a sad day. But this is now a sad day at a more macro level. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, in so Japan, why did they get Mininina status? Once again, the acronym that rolls off the tongue. We should just what, call it the status. <laughs> what, do you have status? <laughs> I'm just going to roll on by and pretend that didn't happen. Well, just you wait until we introduce platinum ally status. <laughs> You're guaranteed to get our Platinum best four-star general ally status. That will roll off the tongue so much better. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to get a Brookings, you're get a Brookings general to uh, help you uh, get MNA status. All I'm saying is <laughs> you get our best, most responsive four-star leadership to come and save your country. Um, comes with the full F-35 gold-plated stat, uh, complimentary uh, aircraft. What a piece of shit aircraft. But okay. it, um, anyway, yeah. So they basically. Ryan is, as usual, known for his very gently held opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it was a, a way to give them. I mean, arm them better. You know, in the in the coming years, and like you know, it, it was far enough from World War Two. Okay, let's give them some good shit. One, well, I mean, frankly, our bilateral relationship with Japan is sort of paradigmatic of. The, the closest and most important of our non-NATO relationships in the whole post-World War II era. I mean, you, you had the NATO architecture and number of historically close partners that have been incorporated into that for many decades now. Um, but then in terms of countries outside of Europe and North America, I mean, after all of the all of the bad blood from the horrors of World War II, there was a, a total 180 in the relationship where it, it became one of our closest partnerships to this day. And I mean, if you want sort of a case study in what does the the tightest sort of bilateral collaboration outside of the NATO architecture look like, that's sort of a model for where something like this status comes from. It's the U.S.-Japan relationship. I mean, that's that's one of the ones that you would look to as a benchmark for where this even comes about. I mean, the only other example I can think of of a tight relationships outside NATO is the Five Eyes, half of yeah. which is in NATO, yeah. and then all of whom who have status, the status. And only one of them is the actual useful ally. Guess which one it is. New Zealand, no. stepping up. No. no? Okay. That's the birds. <laughs> think. Pains me, I I, I, dear viewer i want you to to imagine a man i'm not uh not quite as skeptical of the the five eyes construct as ryan is i think five eyes is good i think it just you know we're we're not gonna get off do it we should do it another cluster of multiple episodes yeah yeah um yeah it's it's so we're we're in kind of down to it so i want to pose a question what country deserves MNNA status? Ukraine. Wow. That's solid. Yeah. I, I, I am 100% for that, both because the support is important for 
their security and their ability to fend off the aggression that they're facing right now, but also because symbolically establishing that as a line in the sand for where we are now in our rejection of this latest wave of Russian imperialism and revanchism, I think is profoundly important. And, you, you know, I, I don't think we're going to reach a point very quickly where Ukraine will be able to meet all of the requirements for NATO membership. Mm-hmm. So this is a great step in the meantime to yeah. amplify what kind of support we're able to provide to them. Yeah, I don't I don't believe there is a, a, a clause that says, like, you know, if you're in current conflict, you can't get the yeah. status. So I think it just whatever goes. And dear viewer, it's important to note, we've said it once, we'll say it again, it does not come with any guarantees, security guarantees. So it's a nice thing to give to a person and say, here's money and assistance without saying we're going to uh, bleed for you. And to amplify, you know, yeah. you get the high-end stuff out of the inventory, it's true. It's true. which they get, can absolutely get, use right now. Get status. Get status. <laughs> Rob's just shaking his head, just like, God damn it. <laughs> Only the best U.S. representation, and it's going to be sent by some of that nice FedEx. Get there next day. Nice FedEx, okay. None of that. Okay, uh, what about what about you? What country? Not as quick draw response as mine. No, no. I'm I was just to... waiting for the question. Yeah. Do, you, do you want me to go? Yeah, you should go. Yeah, Ireland, obviously. Oh God. No, I mean, I mean, but seriously, if you if you look at it in this in this sense, that it's just like. They do a lot of peacekeeping missions around the world, and it's like they give the, the better bolster their forces and stuff like that, so they better do their mission. Which is like, they're one of the few countries like, hey, we people like them to do peacekeeping missions because they have never occupied or invaded in another country. Hmm. And also at the same time, it's like British are, are basically responsible for their security. It's like with the, the shifting par- paradigm in that in their country, how long is that going to be? For, is that going to be forever, or is that going to be like when? Northern Ireland be, maybe transitions away to, um, you know, to Ireland because the you know, a full island, you know, who knows? So it's it's off the top of my head. I think it's the country. There's, there's probably there's probably better ones. Yeah. So I will say that uh, I have obviously two answers: one serious and one not. The I'll let you guess which is which. Uh, the first is Vatican City, obviously, uh, and the obviously. second obviously. Yes. Uh, and the second actually is sort of a moot point now. All the F-35s that the Vatican can use. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll need the vertical liftoff version, though, because they don't have a lot of runway. Um, but the I think that actually it's what I would have said, and it's obviously kind of a moot point at this point, would have been Finland and Sweden, um, who are two allies who are tightly intertwined. Well, and, I, think, I think they were... They were it was it was the thing that was being discussed yeah, before. Exactly. But now now hopefully it's, if Turkey, you know, holds out, you know, if they're bullshit no then uh, uh, they would just become NATO members and get that nice package. Yeah. It's it's so exciting that both Sweden and Finland get to join NATO. That's such a exciting moment for Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Finland's a great country. They have a really cool prime minister. It's a country. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna let it go. Whatever. It's just like. <laughs> uh, so the Vatican, you want to arm more Catholics? Is that really safe? <laughs> Isn't that what you basically just said? Well, no. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but uh, but I think it's interesting. Actually, a fairly interesting point that a lot of countries 
There are a lot of countries that the U.S. wants to engage with more closely, and there are a lot of ways that the U.S. does that, ranging from sort of economic to military. Um, and the reality is that there are a lot of countries that I feel the U.S. should engage with perhaps more aggressively in terms of economic support and aid to sort of offset some of the, the actions by, yeah. by China. Um, but I actually don't necessarily feel that there are a whole lot of countries that I can think of off the top of my head uh, that I necessarily feel we need to grant uh, this sort of, you know, status. You know who I would actually do would actually be very useful for us, I think. Um, it's, not, it's not Ireland. Um, it'd be Kenya. I was about to go the other mm. way and say Vietnam, going with the t- turning around relationships. But You know, I, I did write an op-ed on that topic many years ago, not specifically major non-NATO ally status, but generally of tightening mm. our bilateral relationship. Um, did, bit, dig that up again. We live in a strange world. But anyway, uh, we're coming down to it, and we're out of time, so... We might do another episode on this at some point down the road and just talk about some of the other countries. I mean, why not? Um, but uh, that's almost too Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.